Eyes to the Left, a podcast from the Daily Mirror with Deep State, the unmissable new espionage thriller from Fox. This Thursday at 9pm, get set to go deep into the murky world of global spies in a masterpiece of must-see TV. We're giving you the opportunity to make this right. Hollywood heavyweight Mark Strong stars as the former Secret Service agent whose dark deeds are coming back to haunt him. pull out your fingernails one by one. With a vengeance. What are they looking for? You're listening to Eyes to the Left from the Daily Mirror with Deep State. The explosive new series starts this Thursday at 9pm, only on Fox. The Eyes to the Left. Hello and welcome to Eyes to the Left, the Mirror's uh, political podcast. And this week we're doing something slightly different. I have with me Matthew Parkhill. He's the writer co-director and executive producer, if that's right, of a new drama called Deep State, which is started, stars Mark Strong, starts on Fox on April 5th. That's right. And we're going to talk about what is the Deep State, why you wrote this, uh, and what are the implications of the drama, and why you kind of thought about doing this. So Sounds good to me. What, what was the inspiration? Um, inspiration of three things, really. One was, um, I was a big fan of a film called Syriana. Um, yep. many many years ago that's a George Clooney Mark George Strong George Clooney Mark Strong and uh, it was written and directed by a guy called Stephen Gagan and I remember going to a Q&A with him many many years ago and I was just fascinated to hear he, it was based on a book but he also spent sort of years doing research and, 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 and I was always fascinated by doing the idea of a sort of complex thriller that that is grounded on in, in real life incidents in real life and, and so that was sort of it was trying to find a vehicle of way of doing that as a TV show. I love, when I write, I love working on stuff where I am digging into things that have happened or are happening as, as a starting point, you know, and then growing from there. So that was kind of the, one of the things that I was looking to do. There was, and there were two other elements to it. There was a, um, I was fascinated in the political, the, the personal story of a, a spy or an ex-operative who, who, who breaks, who tries to reinvent himself, who tries to start again, tries to start a new life, um, and the idea that he, 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 you know, is there such a thing as a second chance? You know what I mean? And the idea that he ends up getting pulled back in and is given this Sophie's choice of having to just choose between his new family and his old family. So that's sort of a personal story that interested me. And then politically, I read an article about a Texas-based engineering and construction firm called KBR who made $39.5 billion out of the Iraq war. And I was just like, the more I got into that and more of how this money was made, and I just got fascinated by the idea of how do you keep that kind of return going? And so it was, that, it was, a, it was a mixture of those three things. Um, and what happened, the show was originally called The Nine, uh, way back when, and it was kind of more of a straight-down-the-line espionage thriller. And then... We got the green light around the time of the U.S. presidential election, and uh, I'd been aware of the idea of the deep state for years, and, and and had done some research on it for other other projects. But it took off with Donald Trump. But it he took off with Donald Trump. Exactly. He and Steve Bannon and others started referring yeah. to this deep state. Yeah, and so that was so. Once I I talked to Fox and and, and and was you know wanted to change the title to Deep State, and what happened was it allowed me to take this espionage thriller and adapt it in a way that took account of a lot of the crazy shit that's been going on in the world and and 
um, sort of ground it in what is actually happening now. So it had the added advantage for me now of being a sort of espionage thriller with a big em emotional through line to it, but actually it's grounded in the reality of, of a lot of what's happening. And for me, that was manna from heaven. Yeah. And let's just kind of roll back a little bit. Yeah. What is the deep state? How would you define it? What, what are we the talking deep about state, here? The origins of the term deep state, I think it's... It's a Turkish term from 1924. I think it's, De I'm probably going to mispronounce it, Devrin De De Devalet, I think it is. Uh, and it was something that got currency at the time of Ataturk uh, as a idea of a clandestine um, group that had the interests of the establishment at heart and would carry out whatever it needed to do to protect that establishment, whether it was coups, assassinations, or whatever. So it's something that's been around for a long time, and I know it's got new currency with Trump. Um, um, but the idea of deep state for me is the idea of a... People talk about shadow government or a clandestine government. I'm not sure it's even as organised as that. I think it is the power of existing institutions, whether those institutions are the bureaucracies uh, of, of the ministries of state or the intelligence services or, more recently, corporations. Um, this, 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 this group that has an interest in not even protecting the status quo, but protecting what is good for them, irrespective of whatever government is in power. And you would say that these are all intermeshed, whether it's like through an old boys' network or through kind of country clubs in the United States, or is it much more kind of organised than that? I don't it think it's that organised. That's, that's the irony. I think there are elements of the deep state. There are sort of almost many deep states. So there'll be a deep state that is to do with arms manufacturers, you know what I mean? And, and there's a deep state that is to do with intelligence services. There's a deep state that's to do with this. This particular company was, a, I think, a Halliburton subsidiary that's to do with construction engineering. Like, and it's all about, you know, it, it, you know, it's it's nothing new that war is good for business. You know what I mean? And it's all about. Um, I, I don't think it's as organised. That's why the idea of a shadow government for me, I don't think is true. I think, but it, I think there are very powerful interests um, that will uh, continue. Uh, whoever is prime minister, or whoever is president, and I'm not just talking about U.S. or Britain. I'm talking about many. I'm going to say originally their idea was it was a Turkish term. Uh, it was applied to Russia. It was applied to many countries. It's only recent the idea, you know, the the, the original not the original idea, the last incarnation of the deep state was a sort of a neocon. Uh, it, was, it was representing neocon interests to carry out their agenda in the Middle East, for example. Well, now it seems to have been co-opted by Trump. Uh, which is slightly ironic, I think, because, you know, so it's, it's, it's whatever people want it to be. But I, but I do think there is a, I do think it exists. I don't think it's a group of, 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 of men, and usually always is men, sitting around a boardroom a la James Bond going, we're going to do this, that, and the other, uh, as opposed to, you know, I'll give you an example. There, 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 there was a, a, a firm that built a gym for a... Um, a, a U.S. Army base in Djibouti, and they build the Department of Defense $25 million for that gym. That's some serious running machines, you know. Now, it's the interest of firms like that that military operations keep getting expanded and expanded because it, it expands their bottom line. So that's one example of, I think, how the deep state operates. Where do you draw the line, and, and how kind of conscious of you were you when you were writing this between what is kind of fact and what is conspiracy theory. So, for example, there was a lot of going around at the time of the Iraq War of, you know, this was a deliberate policy by, by George W. Bush to kind of promote 
kind of America's oil industry, and and as you say, for companies like Halliburton to get rich off the back mm-hmm, of the proceeds, mm-hmm. and you know, but some of that was kind of you know speculation, and some of it maybe had a grain of truth. And I'm just wondering how how you're going to when you're writing this, you know, is uh, here's a weird thing. I, I, for a, the writer of a show called Deep State, I'm not actually a conspiracy theorist. That's the that's the odd thing. I I. You know, most of my research, I stay away from conspiracy theory websites. I Most of my research is based on academic, more academic books and books that have, you know, sources and footnotes. And like, you know what I mean? As opposed to just, well, what if this was going on type book? Uh, I also spoke to numerous people who have been involved in the past, and whether it's XMI6 or XCIA or, you know, for this project and for other projects I've done. Um, so I... I, I I try to stay away from these, you know, I mean, you talk about oil in the Middle East, I mean, that's nothing new. You go back to Mossadegh in, what, 52 or 53, it's sort of, this has been Western policy in the Middle East since the Second World War. Yeah, we were just talking earlier before you came about Operation Ajax, for mm-hmm. example, which was mm-hmm. a British aircraft mm-hmm. to, to overthrow the Iranian regime, that's primarily right. because that, of the that's right, because they, Napoleon's and, and But here's the thing, so you've <laughs> got this... But this is where it gets interesting because you've got some, you've got people who would say, well, actually, it's completely in our national interest to protect our sources of energy. And we would be remiss as a government if we weren't doing that. There's this amazing scene in, in Syriana, which if, if your listeners haven't seen it, I recommend seeing it. And there's this great speech in it uh, by one of the characters who's being held up and investigated with corruption. He's an oil industry exec. And it's like corruption, corruption is why we win. Corruption is what keeps us warm at night. Corruption is what you know, stops us being in the, in, in, in the streets fighting each other. You know, like... Yes, our, our policy in the Middle East is, is geared towards getting oil. But actually, why shouldn't it be? So, you know what I mean? There's, there's a political view there. Now, people get rich off of that. But hey, this is America. You know what I mean? What's wrong with earning... You, you, so, so where it gets interesting to me is the ideological, like the neocons. You know, there's a, there was an argument from Wolfowitz et al., which was, you know, if, if, if Iraq, you know, Iraq becomes a dictatorship, the dominoes fall dictatorship spreads in the Middle East, it's a good thing for the world. Except at the same time, they don't want democracy to spread because they have nice agreements with autocratic governments which guarantee them oil. So it's, it, it's, you start digging into it. And I find, so my, my interest in it is trying to ground as much as possible reality rather than going and embracing conspiracy theories. You know? And by the end of it, without ruining the plot, yeah. um, but when I've watched all eight episodes, yeah. what, what would you have hoped the viewer would have learned from this? In, the, the idea I mean, of season one is that it, 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 it starts, it's a very personal story that starts with Mark Strong's character. And the idea of season one is that you sort of peel back the onions. It's a serialized thriller. You peel back the onion each week, and by the, by, by the time you get to episode eight, you get to the heart of the deep state. And then if we are lucky enough to, to go beyond season one, that each season after that would focus on different area of the deep state different aspect of the deep state so it's it's one that introduces you to the idea of the deep state but again it's not a it, it's not a political show in the sense of from the word go it's 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 waving a political flag it's a it's a it's a personal story that it's a family drama at the heart of an but you are trying to educate the viewers as well you know about about something to say look at the end of this have you thought carefully enough about how your you know governments have run yeah i'm trying how institutions to... are organized how big corporations manipulate or have an influence which you may not have seen yeah absolutely i'm, I'm trying to get them to uh, ultimately like i want to come away from this you know there's a there's a there's a there's a david chase apparently had a sign in his writer's room in the sopranos he was the creator of the sopranos and it, and it said it's entertainment you know what I mean? And so there was, the, you know, The Sopranos was about many, many things, but he never forgot that it was also about it's, it's entertainment. And it's like this show, it's entertainment. But 
if I think you know the audience will go away thinking uh, maybe their eyes are a little bit more open to what what is really going on. What surprised me? We've done a press day today, and everyone's asking about this. That you know, the, the souls, you know, the, the poison in Salisbury, and does it surprise you? And this, that, and the other. What surprises me are that people are surprised. You know that that this kind of stuff is going on all the time, and we hardly hear anything about it. We only hear about cases that surface, and has been going on since the First World War. So, so, so. Yes, I, 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 you know, if you watch the show, I, I, you know, I think it will open your eyes to some of this stuff that is going on in the world in a way that maybe will take people by surprise. What's fascinating for me about the show is there are things in the show that are based on fact and that have happened or are happening and there are things that I've invented. And it'd be really interesting to see which ones the audience thinks is the truth and which one the audience thinks is in fiction. I was obviously going to come on to Salisbury, yeah. but you've kind of, uh, yeah. uh, it's fine I mean, in terms of it's kind of, that's more about kind of state sponsorship over than kind of deep space sponsorship, isn't it? Well, well, firstly, we don't know. Secondly, whoever ultimately is behind it will be so many steps removed from, you know, I mean, if you're using, uh, my understanding of the agent that was used is that it's a, I forget the term of it, but you actually have to mix two elements together to make the poison so it's got to be a handler who knows what they're doing you know what I mean? it's not someone who doesn't know this stuff um you know is that yeah if if it's you know if if what they're saying is true if it's if it's russia if it's russian government that is state absolutely but but i suppose arguably in certain countries in the world deep state the deep state and the state are, are sort of the same thing you know it's it's um so but what 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 fascinates me about the Salisbury thing is that I think that stuff goes on all the time. It's very, you know, there's a there's a there's a there's a um, there's that scene of Michael Clayton that great is a great movie Michael Clayton where they sort of you know come the actor's name and they inject another the George, air bubble another George, George Clooney remember but they inject <laughs> the air bubble in, in, in between his toes and the idea that the air bubble goes around and stops the heart you know um, you know I spent way too much time talking to people who know how if you want to dispatch someone without ever being it being discovered how to do it you know? and how's your kind of paranoia level um i'm it's it's i'm not paranoid to be honest it's weird i kind of um i'm not paranoid i just i just i you know it's a, a sort of i i studied history at university and i did a postgrad in phil international relations and, and i've always been fascinated by how this stuff and how the world works and how the politics moves and and i just as i say, i just think those who have a reason to protect their interests, why wouldn't they protect their interests? Whether you're a corporation, whether you're, you know, uh, why? And, and, and I just think that's what's going on. Can I come back to what you were saying earlier about Donald Trump? I mean, yeah. because one of the issues with the whole idea of the deep state is it's been hijacked by the alt-right mm -hmm. as a kind of an attack on the establishment. Mm -hmm. And as you say, it's, it's ironical given that Trump is probably one of the most establishment presidents mm -hmm. in many respects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's probably more representative of what you're exploring, which is mm -hmm. kind of big corporate muscle mm -hmm. with links to, you know, with a mob and kind of kind of promoting kind of big business wherever mm -hmm. possible, whether it's to his cabinet or in terms of, you know, the multi-trillion dollar tax cuts he's doing. Uh, it, it, does it worry you that, that the whole idea of a deep state has been used as, actually as an attack on the state mm -hmm. and it's about smaller state rather than yeah I think I else. think the idea of deep state I mean it's sort of 
been co-opted by the sort of the alt right. I mean, it's it's also like the the term fake news, which was you know the, it was originally clickbait to get you to click onto another site and another site. You're preceding my next question. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but I think I think that yeah, Trump's an interesting one because I think he's you know the notion that he is somehow a victim of the deep state. I don't buy. Uh, I think it is a convenient way to. Um, it's a convenient distraction. It's a convenient way to perhaps explain why certain policies aren't achieved. Uh, it's not me, it's the, it's the deep state stopping me from doing it. You know, there's plenty of talk when Obama was elected how he wanted to do certain things uh, and ultimately wasn't able to. You know, he wanted to, 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 you know, close Guantanamo. He wanted to, there were certain things that he couldn't get done because arguably the vested interests in in keeping those things going are stronger than his ability as a president of the United States to change them. But I think that is... Again, I don't think it's a sort of, like I said, shadow government sitting there making the decisions. I think it's like, you know, if you are an arms manufacturer, you will you will spend all the money you can to lobby to make sure that the government is spending more on defence. Now, that's a vested interest that will stay the same whichever president comes to power. So that... What, that, that, that that's an element of the deep state. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So, so you know, whether you call them the first forces of conservatism or... I mean, the, the irony about the, deep, the Trump deep state argument is that the deep state traditionally has been a conservative with a small C force, right? Which is, we don't want... We're quite happy with the way things are. And we don't want you coming in and changing things because we're doing very nicely, thank you very much. You know, the cash from chaos is... is, is argument is the cash is flooding in from the chaos that we are sowing, you know? So, so the idea that somehow it's now being used as a term against conservative forces—that's that's what I don't buy. Yeah, my, my what I was trying to explore was that you've got whether it's Trump in the United yeah. States or Jeremy Corbyn here, or actually even the Brexiteers. Mm-hmm. What they're all doing is is kind of you know in the name of populism, launching an assault on an establishment and by doing that the danger is they actually undermine all the good bits of the establishment at the same time rather than clearing out the, the stables they, they bring down that, the whole that, I think that's absolutely right I was reading something about Jacob, Jacob Rees-Mogg tweet Jacob Rees-Mogg tweeted the other day about the elites and all that and I'm like hang on a minute you know you, you went to a private school you, like, you are the very definition of an elite and this idea that we're co-opting that we now support the little man um, and we tarnish you know, we throw this word elite at anyone we disagree with is like a nonsense. It's like, I forget who it was during the referendum debate, so we don't trust experts. We don't want to hear from that. It's like, well, if, you don't, if you don't want to hear from the expert, well, who do you want to listen to? Someone who doesn't know what they're talking about? You know, like if I go to a doctor, I'm about to have heart surgery, what do I want? A guy actually knows what they're doing or someone who doesn't? So this, so what's gone very, it's, I feel like we've gone through the looking glass a little bit in the last couple of years where this idea that um, we are mistrustful of experts or you know, they've jumped on the bandwagon of, oh, you're the elites and we support the common man. I don't really think they, these people give a shit about the common man. They really don't. I think they see, they, they, they see it as an opportunity to drive through their ideologically driven agenda. Now, they, they, from, you can argue from their point of view, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But there is something wrong in, like you say, undermining. Because when we're through this mess... I think the the good things about our countries are going to be damaged or are being damaged, and that's the sad thing. You know, it's like this recent thing with Oxfam and all this kind of stuff that's going on, and you know, and, and as, hor- as horrendous as it all is, these, you know, the, the the things that have been done, 
uh, and you know, not from defending any of that, but the net effect will be people go, well, I'm not, I'm not donating Oxfam, you know. So you go, well, hang on, are you doing more, you know? And, and you know, what's the answer? Because the answer is not to turn a blind eye. Can you punish people's indiscretions without punishing the organisation? I suppose is that possible? And I, you know, apparently not. And are you not concerned by a drama like the Deep State with such a provocative title? Could actually kind of be seen as an encouragement, could fuel some of this distrust. No, because I think if you actually watch the show, you'll realise it, it, it's not. That, that's, the, you know, I, it, that's the funny thing about it. You know, everyone, you know, if you actually watch the show and, and you'll realise by the time you get to the end, end of episode eight that it's not, it's not a, no, there's no way you can watch the show okay. and think that now. Just on that, and it's something else you were talking about earlier about fake news. Is this, is drama now the, the best medium for trying to get across this message because you're using fiction mm-hmm. to kind of try and kind of shed light on truth mm-hmm. so there's kind of there's an irony in the mm-hmm. whole process mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. you're doing and, and does it are we in danger of people starting to conflate what they see on screen mm-hmm. which is actually as I say a, a fabrication mm-hmm. With, with what is real, is I think. I think. I think that's that's. I think yes. I mean, what I'm trying to say is, should yeah. this be a documentary? Well, <laughs> this shouldn't be a documentary in the sense of this is a thriller. You yeah. know what I mean? And the primary job, if I'm doing my job right, the primary job is that people watch this and go, you know, I I had a I had a great time watching this thriller. I was on the edge of my seat. I you know I got I was on an emotional roller coaster, and you know that's the primary job of it. I like to make stuff that is that that is about something. You know, I'm not I don't. You know, I, 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 that's what excites me. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like, I mean, I've watched The Crown recently. I'm, a, you know, a big fan of The Crown, which is kind of odd because I'm neither a royalist or massively a fan of period pieces. Um, so I, I shouldn't be the audience for this. And yet I found that, you know, I've just, it's just drawn me in. And I found, you know, Peter Morgan's kind of obviously imagining scenes that he can't imagine, or that he, imagining scenes that he can't know, right? I.e., private conversations between. Prince Philip and, and the Queen, but there is, I feel whether this is true or not, I don't know, but I feel there's a truth there. You, you know what I mean? So it's, it is. I think I think you can through drama explore truths, you know, political truths, or or you know, when it's done very very well, it's kind of, I love those things. You know, whether whatever genre it is if it's like you know horror or, or fantasy or. You know, th- that if it's grounded in reality and then you sort of watch the movie, you watch the show, and then in America they call it like the icebox moment when you go down the middle of the night and you want a glass of water and you go to the icebox and you, you kind of think, huh, you start thinking, about, that's what I want this show to do. So you watch it and, and as I say, it operates as entertainment, but it's, it, it, it's, it is making you think about other things and it does stay with you and you do start thinking, you know, because a lot of the stuff that happens in the show, as I say, is either... Is either real or based on reality. You know what I mean. And then you've, and then you start kind of, as a dramatist, you you take that and you start telling a story around that reality. You know. Yeah. Just has it made you more political? Has it made you want to look up and do more political dramas? I, I've always been political in the sense of I, you know, ever since a very young age. I mean, funnily enough, with all the stuff that's been going on the last year and a half or so, I, I've gone through phases now where I have disengaged a little bit because I, I, it just does your head in. You wake up in the Imagine morning. Imagine doing it for a daily living. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I don't know how you do it because you, you know, I wake up. I mean, I used to always wake up. Perpetually to, bewildered. To be I honest. always used to wake up to the day show, and now I'm like, I don't. It's just I can't take it. You know, I just I'll listen to the six music instead in the morning. So, I suppose 
this show has sort of re-engaged me a little bit with, with, with politics. I, I do find it very sad. And I tell you what really saddens me at the moment is this idea of you can't... You, you, like, it's the whole Brexit thing. It, it's like you can't disagree with someone without being called a traitor. You, you can't... Like, the notion of sort of reason and debate has got so poisonous. And I, and, and, I, and I think the people responsible for that are... They will leave a poisonous legacy... And and I think there's either a Dorian Gray picture of them in their attic, or they do like they go home. They they've got to feel some sense of shame, you know. What I mean, for for sort of poisoning political debate in this country. And I and it and I don't care. It's not. This isn't about whether you agree with Brexit or not. For example, it's just like this notion that you know that you can't take an opposing position without being some sort of you know base monster or traitor. And that's that's the sadness for me. And that's where where I, I seek refuge in fiction. Yeah. Matthew, thank you so much for, for joining us. As I said, uh, Deep State starts on Fox April 5th. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at JBTMirror. Matthew is on... Uh, I am, I should know this, shouldn't I? At Matthew Parkhill, I think. You are. I yes, might so checked I earlier. Sorry, that's yeah, fine. I, I was, I've got to I get better at this. I've got please, to get better Please at go this, to the, the website. That's mirror.co.uk forward slash eyes, A-Y-E-S. You can subscribe and you can leave comments. Try and make them positive if you can. And we'll be back shortly. Thank you.